Hi folks, it's Drew. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know about a podcast that dropped the day after we recorded this episode. Imaginary Worlds by Eric Malinsky is an amazing genre podcast that covers a wide range of subjects, and the most recent episode is entitled Rerolling Roleplaying Games, and covers a whole slew of games and creators that we are guaranteed to mention at some point on Never Say Die. So, so please, give it a listen. After you finish with our podcast, of course. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. To- Roll for initiative. From the silver screen to the GM screen, Never Say Die asks, what can we learn from movies to enhance our role-playing experience? Ladies and gentlemen, it's our first intermission. In two weeks, we are going to discuss another movie that we choose on this very episode. But before we do, introductions are in order. Uh, My co-host. I am Rafe Telsch, film critic. And I am Drew Meyer, uh, game enthusiast. You know what? I I had, last time I said game designer, and I realized that I design games all the time, but people are like, well, we look you up. We can't find you. I didn't say I published them. I just said I designed them. <laughs> I was going to say, you gave yourself a downgrade this week. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I'm just being a lot more honest. No, it's true. I, uh, while I am a game designer and I have a ton of stuff in the works, I'm also a grad student. Uh, and so there's just not a lot in the pipeline. A lot of the stuff that I have published in the past it's not that I'm not proud of it. Uh, the fact that I contributed all to the gaming industry is fantastic. But I got some stuff that really has my own spin on it, and that's coming out soon. In fact, I'm really hoping... Folks, if you're listening to this and you go, hey, I'd be interested in beta testing something, let us know. Email us, because uh, I certainly am looking for beta testers. I would love an extra pair of eyes, ears, and hands for uh, for medical purposes, but also gaming purposes. Uh, so... <laughs> Get, get in get in touch for legal uh, so, reasons we are not allowed to talk about the body versus the medical purposes <laughs> i have a perfect body in my refrigerator you know what cut this out rafe <laughs> oh hell no <laughs> so so drew it's been a few weeks since we put out our first full episode where we looked at the goonies uh and i wanted to ask you as part of this intermission did we miss anything did you have any thoughts that came up along the way uh that we didn't talk about in the episode uh i I do want to share behind the scenes i want to pull back the curtain just a little bit which seems to be what we're doing with this episode now with the game designer thing that was actually our second take on recording that episode we recorded that episode kind of didn't really like some of the things we had done so we decided to go at it from a slightly different angle and and one of the things that we lost with our original recording uh that we still kind of had in this in the the episode that aired was our conversation about Steph went a very different direction the first time we <laughs> talked about it. It really did. And, and, and to the point that throughout the rest of the episode, we started ragging on Steph for being the most useless member of the group. And I, and I think in the time between our recording of the demo and then the first real episode, you had an epiphany about her. But I just, I find that interesting that I'm still not 100% sold on your theory that she's the most dynamic character. And, and the more I've thought about it, the more I'm, I, I, I doubt that theory and I and I keep going back to the no, she's just not really part of the team. I mean, she's she should be. She she's she should be, but somewhere in a script revision her purpose was lost. I think that if Steph were to be removed entirely from the script and her lines given to other characters, I don't think the movie would be very much different. 
Um, Except steps- for we love Martha Plimpton. We should we should say that we do. Oh love yeah, Martha again, Plimpton. nothing against the character, but um, I, I think I think it's fair to say that her purpose in the movie definitely got cut. Like the parts that were definitely Steph centric uh, got changed. There's evidence throughout. In fact, and, and I'm going to post this onto the website. I found the Mad Magazine that I was referencing in the previous episode that <laughs> I read before I went and saw the movie, and it you know told all about the octopus attack and such. And Steph isn't even in the comic, and in the in opening splash page with all the characters, Steph isn't even there. So I mean, uh, yeah, I, yeah, okay, okay. So let's take a little bit um, a step back from this and talk a little bit about what we're going to be talking about on this episode. So. You know, roughly two weeks ago, we released an episode where we discussed a movie and gamified it. Right. And now, roughly two weeks later, we are going to select another movie. But that's not all we're going to do on this episode. We are also going to have second opinions. Uh, things that we missed that we maybe wanted to cover. We also want to answer some listener questions. Uh, we had some very excellent emails. Uh, uh, some folks who are listening uh, sent in some cool stuff. Uh, so we want to acknowledge that and thank those people. Uh, we also want to talk a little about things that we have found that interest us in the game world of gaming, uh, especially in Kickstarter, which is a bit time sensitive. So um, certainly if we found something that excites us, we want to let you know so it can potentially excite you as well. Uh, so... If you're wondering how our format is going to work, we are going to be releasing, again, a full episode once a month. And then once a month, we are also going to be releasing this intermission. So basically, you'll get a full episode, and then roughly two weeks later, an intermission, and then roughly two weeks later from that, another full episode. There so we go. That's what we're going to go for there. So we're going to be doing our second opinions now. You asked me if there was anything that I, I feel like we missed um, uh, as opposed to just dumping on Steph. Um, yes, Rafe, there is something that you and I both should be extremely, extremely ashamed of. Uh, and that is... Recording uh, a podcast in our mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet, man. She'll hear you. Uh, no, uh, and that is that we mentioned how much we liked the score from Goonies, and then we never mentioned who did the score for Goonies. All right. Which is, which is a bummer. So Dave Grusin. Uh, can't believe we completely forgot your name, uh, mainly because I, I'm not as familiar with your work. So I, I apologize for that. Not that you're listening to this podcast, but um, if you want to listen to Grusin's work, it is available on uh, the internet, so you could listen to the full score. Spotify's got it. YouTube's got it. Uh, it's really excellent, and I've listened to it quite a few times since we talked about it, and it's such an uplifting, fun score. So yes, that is something we definitely should have covered. And every time I record one of these episodes discussing it, whether it was my own podcast or this one, I then have that score stuck in my head for the next week. So yeah. that'll get rid of the earworm I've had for the past couple of days, but now I've got to find another one to get rid of the Goonies score. <laughs> yeah, I might have to use a Goonies score to get Billie Eilish stuck out, uh, out of my head every time it gets stuck in there. Did you see Billie Eilish singing Sally's song from the live Nightmare on Before Christmas concert? I did not. Dude, check it out. Dude. All right, Check it there out. we go. Secret Billie Eilish fans. She's even got a Sally-esque costume and scars painted on her where the sewing lines are. And nice. Like it's, oh, it's perfect. We just lost half of our listening audience. <laughs> well, if they're the kind that hate Billie Eilish, then I... No, I'm... I'm no, I, it's fine. Yeah. Listen, I there isn't any kind of music I don't like, and as far as I'm concerned, you can get something from everything. So there we go. Yeah. 
actually, there's something else I wanted to talk about too. Um, so as the time of recording this past weekend, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina for the giant sized mini con. Uh, it's uh, heroes con is placed every year, but of course, thanks to COVID-19, we haven't had it for two years. And so they, they had a convention this weekend. It is my home convention, even though I don't live in North Carolina anymore. I had to make the drive down there. It was really wonderful. I got to see some fantastic folks. And in the process of traveling through, I ran into uh, Kyle Starks, who made these amazing Goonies decals. Mm. And uh, not only did he make those, there's a a whole bunch of movie decals. I I picked up some Tremors ones, because I love me some Tremors, and a couple of other ones. So uh, I'm going to have links in the show notes. I'm going to post it on our Twitter feed, uh, just so you could see how cool these, these Goonies stickers are. So those are really cool. Um, I can't you know, wait to see them. Yeah, they're they're fun, and like if you can zoom in real close, you can think see things like um, the statue that that Chuck ducks over, and there's an octopus in the background. Even surprisingly <laughs> enough, right? Is it in the movie? Is in the sticker? We didn't talk about that the the octopus or the absence of the octopus. Even though the kids refer to it late in the movie, there was supposed to be an octopus attack. I'm sure Goonies fans know this, so therefore I'm just telling you know the I'm, I'm singing to the choir or preaching to the choir, whatever the phrase is here. Um, uh, uh, there was supposed to be an octopus attack before they boarded the Inferno in that, that great uh, lake there under the, the, the caves. There was supposed to be an octopus attack. And if you watch the Cindy Lauper music video, there's actually a, a tiny bit of footage from that in, I believe, part two. Because remember, there were two music videos that she put out. Same song, just two different videos telling a longer story. But they didn't make it into the movie. And... Uh, the one comment I wanted to make about it was that that's like, as a game master, there are often times where I prepare an encounter for my players that they then miss. They they go the wrong, they go left instead of right, or they go up or instead of down, or or just I, the session's running long, so it's something I can trim. And I kind of think of the octopus encounter as that, like. They had this plan, and then it just didn't make it into the gaming session. <laughs> yeah, abs- I, I 100% agree on that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was definitely one of the things that uh, I think we missed both in discussing it in the movie, and we missed it when talking about the role-playing game. Uh, definitely add an octopus uh, if you if you feel like uh, you want to get the feel for, for the Goonies. It doesn't matter where your location is. Throw an octopus in there. Oh, yeah. hey, look, we're stuck in the middle of the desert. Octopus attack. Yeah. Uh, Goonies in space. Octopus attack. Uh, yeah, so why not? This is funny to me because the game session that I've been running, we haven't been playing for a couple of months, but the last session we had had an octopus attack in it. So <laughs> Nice. All right, so there's one more thing that I, I feel like we we definitely should have dressed, we should have addressed in the last session. Uh, and as part of our good, bad, and ugly, this is definitely one of the ugly things. Uh, and I'm not going to mention this every time we discuss uh, Kids on Bikes movie from the 80s because it, it, well, it it's about representation. Clearly, Goonies is a very white movie. Uh, and th- the industry has been very, very, very slow to take steps in correcting this. Um, representation is incredibly important. Uh, it, it's something that I look forward to in movies. I applaud it when it happens. It's certainly something that I try to make sure happens in my game sessions. And it's just, I, I just want to recognize the fact that it is, with the exception of Data and his family, again, very white movie. And there's some also stereotype issues in it, you know, clearly that the maid is Hispanic, the the bad guys are Italian. Um, but it just it just needs to be said, and I'm saying it. 
Hollywood, do better. It's happening, but it's certainly going to be an issue on a number of movies that we're going to be talking about in the future. I just want to recognize it. Just want to take a minute to recognize it. Yeah, and if you hadn't said anything, I don't know that my brain would have gone there because of data, because it isn't just a bunch of uh, white boys, because you do have the one Asian American in there, which is... A little unique for this kind of thing. Uh, I can think of at least three other movies that have an inventor-type character that is just another white boy. So uh, I don't know that my brain would have gone there because it is a little more inclusive, but only a little, just just a tiny bit. Not 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 enough to really make a difference. So I, I think it's a valid point to bring up. Yeah, and I I don't know necessarily again because I can't tell you listeners how to be what to be offended by. Um, I don't know if data's uh, representation is necessarily a positive one. No. Uh, as, as so, <laughs> um, I don't think there's any thinking about it. No, it's it's it's, not. it's, it's <laughs> one of those things too. When you have uh, we're looking at movies in the '80s too, there was this fascination with um, Asian culture. There's a lot of films that will take place in that. I was just watching um, Big Trouble in Little China as well. That was you know, the like, there's first one that came to my mind. <laughs> I'm also thinking Karate Kid, which we may or may not discuss on this podcast. There's There are several uh, films that kind of fall in that department where we may not see any other form of cultural uh, or ethnic diversity, but there we go. Gotcha. Okay. As far as role-playing is concerned, the other thing that I forgot about, one, Octopus Attack. Two, right. as I was going through games and trying to figure out kind of suggestions about things, especially with traps, one of the things that I had put in my notes and then just completely blanked on is that you can now buy pretty much anywhere and for relatively cheaply boxed escape rooms, like a board game escape room. Right, right. And I think it wouldn't take very much to take that and twist it and make it Goonie-centric. I have a MacGyver one uh, that I still haven't even opened, but I imagine that it wouldn't take much to take those ideas one or two of them and be inspired to to place it in there for something along the Goonies. Now, is it the original MacGyver or is it the rebooted MacGyver? It just says MacGyver. I haven't opened it, so it doesn't have anyone's <laughs> picture on it. So I don't know. It is the original MacGyver logo, okay. um, but I've not watched the new show. There's a lot of television I haven't watched. Right, me neither. Mainly, mainly because I've been watching a lot of Kids on Bikes movie. Rafe, in the time of recording this, it is early November and... The only horror movies I watched in all of October were various versions of The Fly to discuss <laughs> on your podcast. But I also watched, I think, six or six or between six or eight Kids on Bikes movies in preparation for this podcast. So I, I know where my priorities are. What? Podcasts take work? What? No. You uh, just read no. Wikipedia pages. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, that's the thing, too. It's just like, uh, I think I watched four kids on bikes movies uh, that had been suggested uh, to find out whether or not they were kids on bikes movies because I wanted to make sure that when I uh, suggest a kids on bikes movie at the end of this podcast it was one that was well researched and I would agree that it was in fact a kids on bikes movie so there we go okay all right so second opinions we we weren't the only ones who had uh, opinions on what we talked about we also got some comments through social media and email and such it's true yeah uh so we uh, thanked everybody who we mentioned on on the podcast and just kind of threw out there in the Twitterverse to just let them know that we're talking about them. Um, it's certainly nice to get a response from it. And one of the folks who did respond to us uh, was R- Richard Molina Weber, who uh, I'm just going to go ahead and quote the tweet. He said, okay, 
Getting mentioned in the same breath as Matt Coville, The Book of Challenges, and Grimtooth Traps is pretty incredible. Plus, now I really want to watch Goonies again. Great episode. Well, thank you, Richard. We appreciate that. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you for your, yeah, it's a great resource guide. And I was actually looking at a couple of the other resource guides that you had put out on Kickstarter uh, fairly recently, too. Didn't necessarily apply to the Goonies, but uh, we'll bring it up next time for sure uh, <laughs> when it applies. We got an email. I love getting emails. Uh, I feel like with social media the way it is it seems like the easiest way to get in touch with folks but it's just such a nice thing to open up your inbox and see like you've got mails you've got mail i've got mail (laughs) uh and cameron wrote us just to say that i started listening to the podcast and love it thank you that is awesome uh i'm starting to get into kids on bikes role-playing game with my kids have you seen Yes, and that's one of the things is I have yet to play this game with actual children because for me, Kids and Bikes almost feels like uh, the nostalgia is a part of it, right? right? Like, I kind of want to play as kids. As a kid, I never would have wanted to play as a kid. Uh, I wanted to play as an adult. And by adult, I mean an ogre barbarian who can crush heads. And uh, yeah, so not as a 12-year-old. So the fact that you're playing with your kids, Cameron, please... Let us know how that's going, because I think that's brilliant. And then Cameron had a suggestion. Rafe, Cameron has a suggestion as to a movie we may want to consider for kids on bikes. I think it's pretty unique, and I definitely did not consider it. And he says, have you seen Ernest Scared Stupid? I think it's a good kids on bikes film. Rafe, have you seen Ernest Scared Stupid? Uh, Here's where we insert the cricket noises, because no, I have not seen any of the Ernest movies. Although, like, I'm very familiar with Ernest. Uh, Jim Varney was a a, a local, uh, I don't think he was Virginia, I think he was West Virginia, but that's close enough. Uh, So before he became big, he had done some local spots and stuff. So I'm familiar with Ernest as a character, but I have not seen any of the Ernest movies. So I certainly have not seen Ernest Scared Stupid. I have. I think it's probably safe to say that I've watched at least 50% of the Ernest movies. But I also want to say that I saw them all in the theaters and they came out 30 years ago. So it's been a while. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. However, I don't have to buy it because I already own the collection. So somewhere in the vaults of uh this is why you and i get along so well as i have so many dvds that that's true of Ernest is not one of them if you said hey let's watch you know resident evil movies i'd go i've never seen any of them but i own the collection of them <laughs> <laughs> so uh i have a friend named aaron aaron has an amazing podcast and that is called Ernest goes to podcast uh and it is an entire podcast dedicated Jim Varney and uh, all the Ernest films. So if you get a chance to listen to that, Ernest goes to podcast, uh, Aaron Dahl. Wow. I'm, I'm so glad that our, our worlds have collided and that I can actually mention you on our podcast, at least mention your podcast on our podcast. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Also, um, posted to the group page on Facebook, Cord actually posted this great set of, of images from Jurassic Park and it just simply says Nedry is a fan of the Goonies and it has uh, what's his name something Knight right oh oh, uh, Wayne Knight Wayne Knight Dennis Nedry in Jurassic Park and and Nedry has three different distinct outfits in Jurassic Park uh, each one a, a direct homage to one of the characters in the Goonies would never have pulled that out 
in a million years. I have easily seen Jurassic Park as many times as I have seen the Goonies, if not more, and never made that connection. Man, I, I, it's it's crazy. I mean, let's face it, that was the closest anyone came to remaking the Goonies. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, it was since the, the Goonies closest. itself. <laughs> Up until... <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> up until... So this is crazy. We released uh, our our first full episode talking about the Goonies. Listen to it. I went... I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I listened to my own podcast because I wanted to listen to it. And I would say within six hours of the episode dropping, you and I found out that they had essentially remade the Goonies. Yes. Uh, sorry. I mean, when I say essentially remade the Goonies, they essentially remade the Goonies. Yes. Um, and this is not something I had heard of before. No one had suggested it, as far as I was concerned, um, on the list that we originally read for Kids on Bikes movies. Well, there's a reason for uh, that. There's a re- <laughs> you say there's a reason for that, but um, there is a film. Netflix released it last year uh, called Finding Ohana, which is... It, basically, they're paraphrasing the Goonies, right? It is clearly an homage to the Goonies. Oh, there are moments right down to the shots that, like, they they recreate the poster shot where the kids are all hanging from the stalactites. It's not a shot in the movie; it's the poster shot. It's in this movie, right? This is a loving homage to the Goonies that basically took this thought and said, "Hey, we should remake the Goonies. Also, we should maybe not make it so white." Uh, yes. And so, Finding Ohana is essentially the Goonies in Hawaii. Rafe, did you watch Finding Ohana? I did, with a little girl instead of uh, uh, Mikey. You watched Finding Ohana with a little girl instead of Mikey? Okay. No. (laughs) It features a little girl instead of uh, Mikey. Uh, So we we have an equal female representation this time instead of of the kind of the token girls. Yeah, I watched this movie because you brought it up to my attention and I watched the trailer and I went, this could be interesting because the trailer immediately gives away that it is pretty much a remake of the Goonies. Yes, it does. Yes. Um, I also watched this movie, but then I stopped halfway through, got distracted, and never got a chance to finish it. What? I know. I know. I know. If it makes you feel any better, I haven't watched any other movies since I stopped it. Uh, Again, grad student, something came up. Went to a convention, didn't get a chance to finish it. I have my own opinions of the first half of it. Rafe, do you think, should, should we discuss finding a little bit of Finding Ohana now? Or is this something that we may or may not be bringing up, potentially, in a later episode of Never Say Die? Uh, this does not qualify for a full episode of Never Say Die because this is not a kids on bikes movie. Despite the fact that the opening shot features kids on bikes and skateboards and skateboards they have their means of transportation uh i don't think it fits any of the criteria that you and i have laid out for what it means to be a kids on bikes movie now we don't want to spoil any aspect of this film for those of you who are watching it um i liked it enough at least the first half of it that i would say i definitely if you've got kids watch it i think it was really good and and what i saw that i really enjoyed but it doesn't meet our criteria meaning that we have kids but the kids have agency the kids have some agency but they do not have all of the agency they spend far too much time uh with adults and they have a whole separate storyline going along with adults that doesn't exist in the original goonies movie and that takes away some of the kids agency and frankly the kids are rather dependent upon adults uh for transportation 
Oh, that's a bit of a bummer. Yeah. That is a bit of a bummer. I will tell you that if the movie maintained the level of energy that we saw in the first 10 minutes of it, I was 10 minutes into this film. I said, this is going to be amazing. I already started picking out the characters I wanted to get in the draft. Uh, and then you're right. Um, it, it did It did change. So uh, certainly try it. Uh, give it a shot. Watch it and see what you think. Let us know on social media what you, you know, any especially comparisons. I don't want to give away the big surprise that made me went, you can't see me, but my jaw dropped as soon as they... Uh, a character shows up on the screen. I'm going to play the counterpoint, which is uh, don't watch it. Watch the Goonies instead. I will say this without going. And again, we won't go into spoilers. I agree with you with the the character that shows up. uh, And it's only like 20, 25 minutes into the movie where the character shows. I mean, early enough that you've seen it. Right. Um, But the, the big thing that is lacking from this movie that keeps it from really being a Goonies remake is something we spent a lot of time on our last episode talking about, which is the ticking clock of the Fratellis chasing the Goonies. We don't have the, the, these kids being pursued by anyone and frankly, it does affect the tempo of the movie. There is not as much forward momentum or as much uh, um, need for forward momentum because they're not being chased by anything. And I could fix that, but that would require spoiling the movie, which we're not going to do. So your recommendation is even if it's not The Goonies, don't watch it? Do you don't think it's an enjoyable film? I didn't like it. Uh Okay. I, mean, I thought. I mean, I had some cute moments here or there, but I didn't. I did not like it. I did not uh, care for it. No. Well, uh, then, folks, just watch the first half of it because I enjoyed the first half. <laughs> so uh, just watch the first half, uh, and then you could just turn it off. I guess. I'm sorry that that didn't get you excited, but maybe there's something in the gaming world that did. I I think we should maybe take a time uh, to. Uh, here's the thing, Rafe. You and I have discussed this off mic many times during this this crazy two years essentially that we've had. Haven't got a lot of time to get in touch and in person with people. You know, don't spend much time in person with folks. Uh, but we've done a lot of gaming online. Gaming has been still an important part, and I have still been maintaining my collection of games because that's just how my monkey brain works. <laughs> got to get the games, even if I'm not going to play them. But you know, one of my great joys is just be taking a, a source book and reading it um, cover to cover. I I I can applaud a a rule book and enjoy a rule book just as much as I can a novel. Oh sure, uh, sometimes more so, and you never know where inspiration is going to come from. So Kickstarter has been really kind of an excellent place to, one, learn about projects that are definitely going to get made, and two, support projects that you feel that should get made. And one of the things that I really appreciate about Kickstarter is just the the sheer number of independent game designers who are just trying to get their foot in the door and i i was one of them i i've i the first kickstarter i did for a role-playing game was a miserable failure we didn't even come close (laughs) and and we didn't need much money and it just was a bomb and we learned so much please if you're thinking about doing a kickstarter there are a ton of um informational videos on youtube on how to run a successful kickstarter they're not long uh watch those don't don't make the mistakes we made um but i'm just kind of curious rafe is there any been anything on kickstarter recently that has caught your attention that you think uh folks listening to this podcast should maybe jump in on before it's too late i uh, there has this is actually this just kicked off the day that we are recording this so this is actually only a couple hours old and very timely for our uh, episode this month and that is a new kickstarter called yarg's guide to puzzles and traps for fifth edition 
What? <laughs> and it sounds amazing. And it is uh, a collection of puzzles and traps. The idea being that they can be set into your campaign no matter where you are. Kind of the octopus that Drew said earlier. You know, you're in the middle of the <laughs> desert throwing an octopus. Well, the idea here is that it breaks down the traps in such a way that you can easily adjust them to fit into wherever your campaign is. There's over 50 puzzles and traps in it. Uh, and I, I just really liked what I read about it. Uh, from the get-go, and uh, and and I'm in for it. So I'm I'm really excited about getting my hands on this when it comes out. It did actually uh, when I when I checked it when it went live, I immediately uh, threw them my money, and uh, I just checked it right before we started recording, and it just made its goal. So it did make its goal on the first day, which is really nice. Which means I, I will get to to see it. But uh, uh, I'm excited for when this does finally come out, and and getting to see get, getting some new puzzles and traps to add to my book of riddles that I talked about on the episode. That's awesome. Uh, anything else that, that has shown up recently that uh, you're looking forward to? Well, yes, but one of them is on your list, so I'm going to let you talk about it. <laughs> we said, we said this is what life is like working with Drew on a podcast. We said we will each bring one item to the table, and Drew put two on the list, and one of them was one that I was going to use. So I was like, okay, fine, Drew. Take two. I will do something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rafe, if only it had been two. My current list has eight on it. I'm not going to go through all of them. I, I went through fairly recently. So there's a couple of things on the list now um, that I want to talk about. The first, Rafe, you certainly know how much I love the movie John Carpenter's The Thing. I just need to express how angry I am that for the month of October, while I wasn't watching horror films uh, and instead of watching Kids on Bikes, I also apparently wasn't watching Kickstarter and so missed the Kickstarter for John Carpenter's The Thing, The Board Game with its Kickstarter-exclusive child's character. Oh. Uh, how could you not have... Anyway, doesn't matter. Watch The Thing. It's amazing. Um, there's a couple of things here that I think are, are, are quite fun that have come out recently. We, as recording this, we just missed um, Our Haunt by uh, Jamila Najani's. Um, this is a J-Dragon helped um, to produce this one, and it's a it's a, a ghost story, but instead of fighting ghosts, you are ghosts. It, it's like a kind of family building, um, relationship building game where you are the deceased. And I think that's darling. Uh, sometime last year, I beta tested uh, a Jason Morningstar solo game called House Ghost. Uh, it's a solo game, and it was fabulous. It was actually one of the best solo gaming experiences I had. Uh, if you're familiar with Fiasco, uh, that's one of Morningstar and Bully Pulpit's games. Um, so, of course, anything that Jason Morningstar puts out, um, I am going to pay attention to, so I was really happy to be a part of that. Uh, just I don't, launched... I don't know those games, but I do love solo games because it's the one way I can guarantee that everybody will show up for the campaign session. Yeah, ab- <laughs> absolutely. Oh, Rafe, we have to play Fiasco. We have to play <laughs> Fiasco. Listen, I guarantee you I'm going to be talking about Fiasco for some of these kids on bikes games. I think there's a couple of these movies where Fiasco might be the best way to actually play them. Uh, launched today, uh, Evil Hat has an expansion book, source book, for their Thirsty Swords lesbians game uh, called Advanced Lovers and Lesbians that just got launched. It, of course, is already cleared. It looks amazing. So um, if you were a part of that Kickstarter, and I was, uh, the book is great. It is another game that I got during COVID that I just haven't played. Uh, Sky Raiders of Abarax by Tracy and Laura Hickman launched mm-hmm. last week. I sent you that one, darn it. 
<laughs> then you should have mentioned it on your list. I'm looking at the show notes. You have two things listed there. <laughs> you can do things that aren't on the show notes, Rafe. <laughs> there are two other games I want to draw everyone's attention to, but I'm going to let Rafe... Uh, did I cover already cover the one that you wanted to talk about? No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I have one more role-playing game, and Rafe is going to mention something else. Uh, so Mothership... Uh, if you like your uh, space horror, uh, dark and spooky, Mothership has just launched a, a kind of a big box set, and that's going to be ending in early December. So you have still quite a bit of time to jump on that. I have the original first edition of Mothership on uh, the PDF. Most of my games now are PDF. I just don't have the shelf space. I would prefer physical copies. I just love them. Uh, I like putting my little sticky notes in there to draw my attention, but I can do the same thing on the PDF. So I'm curious to see what Mothership is going to do in its most recent incarnation. Uh, that sounds really, really nifty. Rafe, what else you got? Well, uh, I'm going to steal the other one then, which is uh, the, a board game that I am so excited about, and yet I haven't actually pulled the trigger on backing, and at the time of recording this, it has nine days to go, so I need to, to get off my duff and do that, but that is monster apocalypse the board game which is essentially where the players are kaiju attacking a city yeah and each other and each other and it has the coolest board with skyscrapers coming up from it and the 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 kaiju figurines are awesome and uh oh this is from mythic games and uh i don't know i didn't realize until about five years ago that i was such a fan of kaiju stories and such. Like, I, I I, apparently always have been. I just didn't realize it about myself. You know, we're doing Kids on Bikes for the first season, and I'm, we're still discussing what we want to do for future seasons. And, and at one point in time, I definitely thought, huh, could we do an entire season on kaiju uh, movies and games? No, we couldn't. Oh, yes, uh, we that, could. <laughs> yes, we could. I don't know if we necessarily could. One of the games I am designing is a kaiju game, um, and we'll have to talk about that at some point in time. A Monster Apocalypse has actually been around for about 10 years. Privateer Press released it as a collectible miniatures game some time back, uh, and I bought a lot of it. Um, this is back in the time where I was working with a game store. And um, I also really love kaiju films. I love monsters, monster films. Creature features are basically my favorite kind of film. And so, yeah, I have I have a whole room full of these things. I've got, you know, all the apes and all the dinosaurs and all the Cthulhu-esque creatures. But what's really cool about Monster Apocalypse, the board game, is rather than making it very hard to find that one or two pieces that you really need to complete your army, the pieces are going to come with the board game. So everything right. that you need is there. And I think... The thing that I, I have yet to pull the trigger on it myself, but I'm considering it mainly because I really like the miniatures. Mm-hmm. And I have been known to buy board games just for the miniatures, usually not play the game and just keep and repaint the miniatures and use them for role-playing games. Over the last two years, of course, I haven't done a lot of in-person gaming. I haven't done a lot with miniatures <laughs> other than just stay at home, paint them, and uh, make my own versions. Uh, I have gone through so many hero clicks um, over the last two years and just kind of cut them up and, and put them together to make <laughs> to make uh, fantasy characters and such. So when you watch uh, and- Toy Story, do you like Andy or are you more of a Sid? I mean, I I find Toy Story to be a deeply disturbing film, mainly because I am a little bit more of a Sid. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's not like I make the 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 toys worse. Like Sid, 
I make them better. <laughs> I make them weirder. I make them scarier. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Monster Apocalypse. So there's a lot going on in Kickstarter. I know that's a lot more than we were probably originally intending, but there's a lot on there. And uh, again, I'm very, very angry that I missed the thing. Uh, and if you did manage to get a part of that Kickstarter, uh, sell me your exclusive stuff or uh, don't. Whatever. It's fine. All right, Drew, we have uh, revisited any second thoughts we have on the Goonies. We have talked about what we found on Kickstarter. It is now time, the moment that everybody has been waiting for. What are we watching next month? All right. In two weeks' time, uh, we have a brilliant film, a brilliant Kids on Bikes movie. But before I tell you what it is, I need you to play the following clip. I can't even imagine playing a Kids on Bikes adventure set in contemporary times so you said that Rafe and not to put you on the spot because the film that I want to talk about is basically going to contradict both what you said and what I said in the last episode when I said this you're rarely going to have them win the day through violence so between those two clips <laughs> I I think you have, might have an idea of what we're talking about this is a film it is kids on bikes Definitely. It is definitely taking place in the modern era. There will definitely be combat in which our kids can survive uh, in combat, but maybe not all of them do. That is right. I am talking about 2011's masterpiece by director Joe Cornish, and that is Attack the Block. I have not gotten to see Attack the Block yet. It has been on my list for quite a while, uh, and I I knew you had seen this. I I just looked it up as you were talking because I could predict what you were going to pick. (laughs) Uh, And I have to to kick myself for not having seen this movie. John Boyega and Jodie Whittaker? Yes. John Boyega and Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. Um, This is an excellent film. I'll tell you a little bit more about my opinions on this film when we actually talk about it. I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about this film. Uh, And really, more than anything else, I've selected this film. One, because it's tonally incredibly different from The Goonies. Tonally, narratively, and just from a gamification standpoint, very, very different from The Goonies. The emphasis is, in fact, going to be on violence. It is also going, you know, it has very similar themes in that our kids are being pursued, but the results may vary. So, yes, that is what we're going to be talking about. So join us in two weeks for our discussion of Attack the Block. Yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. It gives you two weeks to watch the movie. It gives me two weeks to watch the movie. Uh, until then, we can uh, keep the conversation going through social media. You can email us at the Never Say Die Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Never Say Die Cast group, uh, which I can't put a link to in the show notes because it is a private group, but you just go to Facebook and you type in Never Say Die Cast and you'll find it. Yeah, sorry that it's a private group, folks. I probably should have made it public, but at this point in time, I don't have time to be a moderator on the group so um i've made it private for right now if the group grows past a certain point everyone seems to be cool with it i might just start another one then make it public but right now they're having some good conversations we've got some good posts in there um also if you're on twitter you can find us at never say die cast thanks to chris talent for our wonderful theme song and megan daly for our show artwork uh and you can find me on twitter uh at talon has t-a-l-n-h-e-s-s uh and i invite you to check out my other podcast have not seen this where we uh continue movie discussions just not not so much with the gaming discussion side of things and you want to find me on 
Twitter, you can at Drew M. Meyer. That's M-E-Y-E-R. If you like Doctor Who, uh, we have a monthly podcast called Who and Company. You can find it wherever you find good podcasts. And remember, even if your remake of The Goonies is made better by only watching half of the movie, never say die. (laughs) 